Tiago. Episode 313 of H of the Show. Traveling around the world now. And we got a guy in Canada and a lady in Beirut. Awesome. What? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Inas, Mark, Inas and Mark, uh, nice to meet you guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. So, so who's going who's gonna to do this? Who's going to tell us how you guys met? What's Inas. the backstory here? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to tell us? Yeah, we got to know the backstory. Yeah, give the spotlight to the girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I guess we know who's the social bug in the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically we started this during quarantine. Um, like everyone else said. <laughs> um, we started off doing covers and Mark and I weren't really like very close as friends. We were just in the same university and the same music club and all that. And um, we slid into each other's DMs as friends, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we were like, let's do something, let's do a cover and collab, yeah. And that happened. Um, we did like four or five covers that first, and this went on for almost a year until we thought, like, why not do an original? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do that. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end, but let's do it. It's fun. And that's how we started. <laughs> Mark, you can talk a bit. <laughs> yeah. Who, who made the first move? I can. Yeah. Uh, I think for the, the original, it was me. Yeah. For for the covers, I think it was me, Kamen. Uh, yeah, I saw her covers on Insta. She was she was insane. She was amazing. So I was like, okay, why not do a cover? I I, I don't know her, but I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's just DM. Mm -hmm. And we did the Bruno Mars's um, what song? Uh, when I was your man. Yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. The power. And, and what was it about our covers that, like, you know, <laughs> caught your eye, so that you that you'd be able to oh, work together? The thing is, uh, she didn't have like this huge setup or this huge quality mic. She just had like one mic, and that's it. And she did insane stuff with it. So I was like, if we just put together the the mic and my MIDI keyboard, that like this tiny thing. Uh, we can do insane stuff, and that just happened. Then we did a yeah, couple other maybe. covers. Uh, we did uh, crazy. crazy. We did yeah. Then Looking we started game. the originals. Yeah, that was nice. Right. Awesome. Uh, I do. I do want to comment on the power of sliding into the DMs because you guys slid into each other DMs. We slid into your DMs. That's how it all happens. It really is amazing, actually, how artists are all connecting. With us, uh, slide into the DM. I want to ask you guys, what do you think um, about um, the college you guys went to? Because you all went to AUB, aside went to AUB. We've had so many guests that have been to AUB. I feel like that school has a lot of creative, <laughs> talented people come out of it. <laughs> but I don't understand school. why. Right. But what what is it about <laughs> AUB that brings <laughs> you guys inside and everyone on the show? Um, I think it's mainly the musical. Uh, but unfortunately, I wasn't like part of the great experience of the music club because I only spent one month on semester before COVID-19 and all that. But uh, Mark can share his experience that he's been there yeah. like way more. Um, like on my first semester, I didn't do like anything related to clubs or events or anything like that. But on the second semester, I joined the music club uh, as a committee member, then vice president, president, etc. 
then joined the UB Outdoors as well uh, as concert team leader. And thing is, everyone that's passionate about something has a club for them in a UB. It's um, like the student life is insane. Like student affairs is is lit. There's like almost 150 people in the club when I was VP, I guess, uh, music club. And everyone likes music, so they just were in the music room and you just get to meet everyone. It's, it's insane. Yeah, Jim did the creative side, and I wonder if you have a comment on this, on why AV has so many strong alumni. On the student life activities, like, <laughs> just, <laughs> like just within the campus. Yeah, it's it's nice, bro, because like, the the students are passionate when they especially because like every other year you find like two or three new new clubs that just sprout out of nowhere and they're just created originally by the students themselves and it's run by the students so obviously there's some sort of bureaucracy where you know there's supervision from the from the administration but other than that it's it's plainly run by the students themselves so it's nice to see them being able to take on these roles like of leadership roles, of administrative roles, which kind of like, in a sense, they prepare them for the future, you know? It's because right. they are they are similar to what jobs you could have later on. Like, it's like building a skill set well, within the, within while at the same time having fun to a certain degree. Right, and encourages independence, I guess, when you have your own club, right? You have to do everything independently. And uh, I want to ask true. you guys, do you guys do everything just between the two of you? For your music, uh, like producing and writing, and um, yeah, uh, so other collaborators, yeah. Uh, it usually goes, uh, at least on the first album we did, the one you listen to, um, Inas writes lyrics. Then she sends them to me by uh, WhatsApp or anything, and I start composing. Uh, process takes about like a week to get the main melody done, so just to get the main idea of the song. Uh, then we start adding and sharing and mixing and stuff. But then we need uh, to basically mix and master the song. So we send it to someone who does that when it's done. Uh, on this album, we uh, worked with uh, Karim Nasreddin. His artist name is Kar Nasser, I guess. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And we also worked with uh, Naij Mail. She, she's an artist. She did the, the artwork for the album. Yeah, all the visuals. Nice. So you guys can't do everything by yourselves. <laughs> Pretty much, no. you have to go. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And how are you able to connect the the melody that you want to make with her lyrics? How are you guys are synchronizing these things together? Um, basically, Mark like had this idea for a tune, but it was nothing. It's like probably just a couple of chords on the piano, and he'd send mm. them to me, and I'd kind of get the vibe whether it's a happy song, a sad song, and I kind of connect it to like my past experiences and everything that I can get inspiration from for the lyrics. And I write like, let's say a verse or a chorus and we continue with that. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, that you try to connect it with something that's happened to you before. So you mentioned demons in uh, Shattered Promises. Is that yeah. from like a personal th thing or? Um, yeah, I, I think everyone has or hers uh, like demons inside of their head or inside of their heart or scars or everything that's related to your past because like in this journey of life we learn a lot and we lose a lot so mm -hmm. uh yeah th that was related to my personal demons 
or things that I have constant battles with, I guess. I also noticed like in each song, the beat is is like different. You know, it's not they're not all the same wavelength and there's a different frequency for each song. That's how that's when I was listening to them. I felt like there's different vibes. So <laughs> were you so do you see yourself as a very expressive person to be able to create to be able to express your emotions in each song differently to the different wavelengths? Um, of course, like they're not all considered as emotional songs that you can relate to and all of that, especially when we're talking about the hobo, uh, the third uh, <laughs> song on the list. Yeah, yeah, it's not an actual experience, but uh, I'm a writer in general. I like writing creative stories and all of that. So um, I kind of connected my writer self into this song and created this story about the hobo. Uh, and I really wanted to make it very weird and catchy, so because it, it was related to the tune. The tune was very like weird, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how the hobo came to be. <laughs> and does is the role ever reversed? Where, for example, you write the lyrics, and then Mark, you, for example, create the melody after that, compared to what you were reading. I mean, on the first week, it's basically just uh, we throw ideas at no. I yeah. send her a couple of notes. She sent me. One verse, I send her a more developed uh, instrumental. She sends me another chorus, you know. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a give and take situation. Either or, yeah. All right, so you got like a, like a, a good chemistry going on there. It's like vibing, it's like yeah. Okay, we can yeah. bounce our ideas off of each other, but uh, it's not someone completely, you know, having full control. It's just like there's a, a parallel motion between you two. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, do you want to give us some advice on how to collaborate with each other without killing each other? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I love doing this podcast together. We've been friends since high school, but sometimes. Nice. <laughs> Yo, what? Fucking Irish. Just kidding. But yeah. What I you think this relationship is one-sided. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, what, how, do you, how do you collaborate with someone... Um, and stay equal and I don't want to hear what you guys think. Uh, I think uh, you, just... you slide into their DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have your own creative vision, I can imagine. When you listen to something, you interpret something your own way, right? And then someone else interprets something else their own way, which yeah. is, that's how imaginations work. So how do you guys both mash your both imaginations to create I mean... a new Frankenstein monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I can send something that Inas doesn't like. She'll tell me she, she's honest and I'm honest with her when she sends me a lyric I don't like. You just you know, have to take the, uh, the criticism as constructive and uh, just tell us. And if she didn't like it, just change yeah. it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, 100%. I see. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's actually, something that I was uh, watching a bit today. I don't know why. This just popped up on my, my YouTube feed about, uh, for example, uh, the Sigma. Okay, so the different archetypes, social archetypes of people. You know, there's like the Alpha, Beta, Sigma, Gamma, and all of those things. So I don't know why I'm mentioning this, but it just like, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> like, okay. now, now when you guys were just talking about how accepting there's <laughs> cons constructive criticism and stuff like that, you know, uh, it just gave up that vibe where you, like, no, not like both of you are not you know, dominating over each other. It's just like, yeah, and an equal uh, motion between each other. It's just like fair and, and you guys accept 
each other's opinions. Definitely. Because, you know? yeah. So, how? So, what would you suggest for people who you know who do not have that balance in their uh, in their relationship? I mean, this this just depends on the chemistry between people. Like, not every artist or people in general are meant to be together as friends or as uh, collaborators or anything. Sometimes you vibe in a way and your partner vibes in a different way. And that just means that you guys might not vibe together. And that's not wrong. It's just you're not compatible in a sense. It'd be better. So, yeah. So I, I was lucky to be compatible with Mark on like a professional level. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like in a relationship. You can meet someone and you clash with them. So the music is going to go more, let's say, my way than Inas's because I mm -hmm. make the calls and that. But you have to get this professional relationship where you can meet the middle ground and both like what you do. You also have to have the same vibe, the same taste in music, the same uh, energy, the same that. I think. And um, I want to know, uh, do you guys like performing live the most or recording music the most? Um, I know you guys, you said you worked in AB outdoors and events and stuff. What's your favorite part of music? Well, I, I used to, I'm mainly a drummer uh, before all that. Um, I've been playing drums since like 14, maybe. Uh, I was in a couple of bands. I played the Fête de la Musique multiple times. I played in uh, Algors also, of course, uh, countless music club events. Thing is with live music it's so much more entertaining because you get a live reaction of what you're doing you don't have to wait for the like insta comments or something like that yeah you get, you get no i mean if you fuck up you know you fucked up because people will do ah yeah haram ya allah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the hype of uh, and the uh, like hype yeah basically the hype of live music is insane insane and how do you deal with those uh ye haram uh, scenarios <laughs> <laughs> you just you just go with it you're like yeah throw haram but yalla still more music <laughs> to be honest something that i've noticed about uh, a lot of drummers is like i don't know if this is actually true but i sometimes I've, from what i've seen is they're usually the quiet ones so <laughs> i don't know if this attributes to you or not <laughs> yeah i mean Quite in one way, you know, you're basically, they, people, stage people, they tend to put the drum set behind everything. So basically in the picture, you just get to see like, egg anawara. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you just don't get highlighted as much as Masala and the guitarist gets to stand up and like do tricks with his guitar. And uh, I mean, if you mean quiet one as uh, like in life, no, no. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> uh, share, some, share some insight on that, maybe. <laughs> in what sense are you not the quiet one, then? I mean, it depends on the the band, maybe, you know. I mean, if I lead the band, Masalan, during rehearsals general, and like stuff. You, like you, as a person, well, how do you consider yourself? Ah, oh, no, no, definitely not quiet. I like to be out there, basically. I mean, not mm -hmm. the center of attention, but still not the left out quiet one in the back. 
And why is it that the drums are always in the back? Like, this is something I don't understand. Like, why, why can't we push them towards the front? Because <laughs> if you put the, the, the drums on the front, everyone else will be in the back. That's not fair. I don't keep mm. on. What yeah, we can't of, have that. Kind what do you think of all these yeah. electronic drums that are coming out that are smaller in size and more compact? I, I used to have one, and it's if it's good quality, it's fine, but still, you don't, don't get to practice the real feel of a drum set, of a live drum set. I mean, an acoustic one. But, but still, it's a good alternative. I'm bound to get one in Canada, and I'm in a small apartment, so nice. I can only get oh. the electronic one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, exactly. So electronic instruments, guitars and pianos and stuff are all becoming more trendy as they're more quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to bang. Yeah. So, um, do you think that these instruments are going to replace our traditional instruments? Uh, there actually are a couple uh, electronic drums on live sets on live gigs. Oh wow! Because they're more affordable. That's one, and uh, exactly for practicing at home, it's you don't hear shit on uh, electronic drums because you get to plug in your headphones and only you listen. The other will basically listen to sound of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, what about you, Ines? What, what kind of instruments do you use? Oh, I play my vocal cords and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried uh, the piano when I was 12 years old, but nah, that's not my thing. And I never tried anything else, so I just stick to singing. Mm. Uh, yeah. you, you ever enjoyed like uh, playing an instrument or anything like that? Like while um, you're singing? Not really. No, I actually found this very hard. Like, even if I got myself to memorize how to play something on the piano, I could never sing and play at the same time. It's just too much for my brain. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, but I've always loved to learn the violin or the cello. I, like, I like these really classical vibes, but no, it's just too much commitment and hard work. And I've I've seen like a lot of people who've who've like learned how to play these instruments at a very young age and it's kind of challenging like getting into this industry where you play an instrument and you've just started like I'm 21 now and I'm, I'm competing with people who have been playing for like 15 years or whatever so mm. yeah it's kind of hard getting into this industry I guess so I'll stick to singing for now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, you mentioned something that is a crucial point that the competition starts from such a young age. It doesn't start, you know, like when you're aware of what you're doing. You start when a, you're a young kid. So that means you're not necessarily in that field where yeah, you chose to be in it. So like you didn't choose maybe to be a singer or a drummer or anything of the sort. Maybe your parents just like thought of it as like, okay, let's, let's give them an instrument to play. And because I'm pretty sure when we're kids, we're not actively thinking it's like, yeah, I want to learn how to play the guitar. This is my decision. It's like, I want to be a musician for the rest of my life or something like that. It's, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of placed upon you. It's like, what do you guys think about uh, that perspective? Um, yeah, I, I agree that this is, uh, let's call it a norm. And I can see it like from my parents and how they pushed me to learn the piano and how my brothers pushed their kids to learn something. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I think 
for my kids in the future i would want them to learn something uh but i would make them choose yeah and i i wouldn't like خلاص انا just learn the piano or learn the guitar like whatever you feel is right whatever you think you can vibe with the most just choose it and learn it at your pace mm-hmm. uh yeah. mark you also wanted to say yeah um my my dad plays the piano the saxophone and uh, guitar so i got music from him basically uh but my mother doesn't play anything my brother is younger than me so what the fee people on my that side don't really aren't into music they can't clap in rhythm they they're terrible <laughs> that's the way uh, they're like so, yeah yeah it's a little fiasco so i i tried piano when i was maybe 6 56 and i hated it because the tunes were so boring you know I, I wanted to play something like with hype and hey and I was just playing like three notes of was insanely boring so I skipped that after two courses then I did uh, I tried uh, guitar I hated it I tried drums I loved it I tried saxophone but I can't breathe that way so I skipped saxophone um I started learning bass uh, alone at home and um during quarantine basically yeah. uh I think is when you learn an instrument it's you can always s- learn alone you don't have to have a teacher for that I only took a teacher for drums that's because I got to a like high-ish level so you can right. just keep going online but if you want to get you- the basics and uh, stuff you can do it online easy how do you learn How do you learn? If one wants to get into, you say that you can just learn how to play an instrument. But how? To... Okay, let me show you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Cool. We're gonna get a live demonstration right now. It's like, all right, <laughs> master class of piano but, playing, but with no sound. So boring master class. <laughs> so, if you just memorize four chords, that's that's a C. Huh? G A minor F. That's four chords. You can play over a billion songs. I think with only those. <laughs> Piano is basically stupid. Music secrets revealed. <laughs> Music secrets revealed. Yes, <laughs> yes. Don't worry about Piano. It's stupid. So just memorize the chords. Uh, you can go online and look up the chords for any song. And you get to play it. Uh, Beethoven is rolling in his grave right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so bothered. He came out of the grave. Writing on parchment and stuff. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, writing on parchment. Don't drummers also do that? There's <laughs> notes for drums, but I I don't like to use them. It's drum. I think drum is meant to be like more free. Uh, either. Imagine you you hear a drum uh, music and the drum is like constant super constant and following the say the mafiwala roll mafiwala symbol mafiada it's boring guys fuck insa yeah but when you but in a song when you're trying to incorporate uh, multiple sounds and each one has like a different uh, beat yeah so like maybe there should there would be a constant sound from the drums but there will also be other sounds involved so then you know when you're putting them all together It's like a collage of just like great music. 
thing is, you can think of drums, you know, in more most mainstream music, uh, drums is like just think of a metronome. He keeps all the other instrument, the drummer he keeps the instruments in sync and on beat. Mm -hmm. So basically, the drum won't go off beat, won't it will stay the same, maybe change a bit the pattern, but it will stay on beat. So the other instruments can more um, vary and do crazy stuff. That's it. So I'm guessing you, you look forward to uh, like drum, uh, drumming solos and stuff you know, during a <laughs> yeah. show or a live performance. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's what we train. I All used right. to play uh, Shallow, uh, my band, uh, Shallow Lady Gaga and from the movie. Yes, in the Shallow. Yes. Yeah, this one, I used to put a drum solo in that at the end. And I used to put the drum solo come in in the gig and drum solo during zombie and blah, I love nice. drum solos. Insane. Nice. Zombie by the Cranberries, right? Yep. Yeah. I feel like the Cranberries has a lot of um, relation with your guys' kind of music. I wonder, yeah. did the Cranberries inspire you? When I first heard the music, my girlfriend told me, is that the Cranberries? <laughs> Yo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, what are your guys' inspirations? Inas? Um, for each song, like speaking about the album, it was a different inspiration. Like, for example, we think of a certain hit, like let's say, um, Not Dancing With You, or I'm Not Dancing With You Tonight. Uh, the first thing that came to mind was the like retro pop hit, Blinding Lights. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Dua Lipa's uh, Future Nostalgia, the album. I felt like the whole retro 80s scene was a huge thing in 2020 for some reason like every single singer or pop singer had to have like an, an 80s uh, vibe to their songs so i was like why not join them <laughs> and uh mark came up with the tune and i came up with a breakup anthem and all of that and we we did it oh wow that's a great example of how um artists inspired a specific song I wonder, um, Mark, what about you and E inspirations? What are, what are your inspirations? Yeah, if you want to, like my favorite artists are, obviously I, lo I love Michael Jackson, I love Elton John. I, like more recent, I think Dua Lipa put out the most insane album in like a while. Yes, very insane. Everywhere I go, I listen to, I'm levitating. I'm at the yes. gym. I'm <laughs> levitating. I'm at the grocery store. The baby, the baby, the baby. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, because she was, she. The whole album is inspired by this old '80s vibe. Lots of synth, lots of weird percussions, '80s drums, like the doo -doo 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 -doo. this stuff. It's uh, yeah. uh, that's love that's, the, the, the drum set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that's the best music. So we were heavily inspired by that for uh, "Not Dance to You Tonight." Uh, lots of synth, lots of drumming, like intense drumming, like "Take on Me." Aha! The toof, 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 toof. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And what's with this connection, or like not necessarily connection, but this thing where we constantly want to go back to the '80s and for music-wise, is it like the best era of music, or what's yes. going on? <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Truly. Like when yeah. you want to dance, when you want to go to a disco or whatever, you just immediately think of the 80s. So when you want to come up with a very dancey, jumpy song, just go for the 80s. You're not going to be wrong. 
Right. I, I don't want to yeah. like like attack recent music, but when you listen to, masala, <laughs> those I don't know if you guys listen to this, but like all the people like uh, uh, Mr. Savage and uh, Baby Little, <laughs> people, <laughs> come on, the, the lyrics are they don't make sense. He's like, okay, I go to the store and I hit on your mother and your sister. What do you think that was insane? So what do you think that that means, right? Because you are right that if you look at the top 100 songs right now, they're all very like about drugs or sex or very yeah. stupid lyrics. I mean, right? Yeah, that's what sells the most. But it's been selling ever since, even in the 80s. You know, has this always been the way? Was it like this in the 80s, or has it changed since? What do you think? Yeah, bro. It's like they're always talk- they're always talking about cocaine and then heroin. <laughs> and <shit like> that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they used to, um, you know, uh, what's the song? Don't stop me now. Queen? Yes. That's about yeah. sex. That's only that's about sex. But he's not like <laughs> yes, I like time. to go have sex. It's not <laughs> like so no direct. I go have sex and I like sex. It's like more developed. It's a nice song. There's a guitar solo. It's more you know, it's more poetic. Yeah, and when you listen to lyrics by <laughs> Elton John, it's so much more like few romantic songs. It's not just I don't know what these people do. The new a sling. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, you're right. I think. And, I think they're trying to associate the law with like uh, hookup culture, maybe something like that. It's just like throw it out there, just stick it in. Yeah, to a certain working. extent. Nobody flips, it's working. Yeah. No, I feel strange <laughs> because I, I know, like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like kids listen to this stuff and they're influenced yeah. by it, right? But 100%. at the same time, kids that used to listen to Eminem and they were influenced by Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you think I about mean, no, artists but... and the role of the responsibility of an artist? Does every artist have like responsibility with their art and music and how it affects people listening? What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, Ines, you want to get it? Um, well, when it comes to the lyrics, I feel like you have to write something that people can relate to and something that's not going to make people like go crazy or in a very negative way. Like you either want to empower someone or you want to make them feel happy about something or you want to remind them of their ex and why they're like over them. And you just never want to be that person who's influencing people to do something wrong, you know? Uh, At least that's just me. So I kind of don't really like respect much songs that are out there and that influence you to do bad things, whether drugs or uh, let's say I'm against hookup culture and all of that. Um, yeah, it just depends on the artist and how, like, what's what's their vision in life. I mean, you can't blame it on the artist, or you can go more broadly. You know, you can blame it on the radio. Literally, the radio company, the radio station. You know, if it's trash, it's, it? yeah, you know, don't play it. Man. Yeah, but I think I also it it's the way. the record labels. The record labels probably like push it upon the artist to make that kind of music because like you mm-hmm. see a lot of artists who originally don't start off that way they they're going off like speaking from their heart and like talking about their own experiences and then somehow just like out of nowhere they just completely change into this person this yeah this empty shell of a of a celebrity just basically yeah. trying to sell these the main topics and that's just i think we can yeah go ahead yeah, I think we can blame the trends of like our generation and like what people have 
come into yani if if you don't write about drugs if you don't write about naked women if you don't write about these stuff then people just won't listen to your songs and i think that's kind of sad for like underrated artists who sing from their heart and write about their experiences and all of that because some of these songs actually mean something and they can actually like change a person's life if they listen to the song once or twice or whatever so it's just unfortunate i'd say and that's the point of music <laughs> literally <laughs> what's the point of music if you know you're supposed to listen and actually connect to it and have it change you a little bit i'm really pissed off i feel like money has ruined <laughs> and art and music it's definitely cuz it's true like you you could make songs that are more heartfelt and stuff but they won't get as many streams as yeah exactly that. yes like it's not that they won't but they won't get as many and i would disagree yeah. with you Yes, I guess depends on depends on. You think money's not ruining art, Saeed? No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's not the point I was making. I was like, <laughs> I, what I wanted to say is like, if pe- people who are like who are speaking from the heart and are singing passionately, they can make it. That's not. The, they can make it. That's not that's the argument. True. Yeah, I'm, I'm like yes, the first true. the first person that always pops to my head is Adele. I mean, she's yes. not talking about sex and stuff. She's no no drugs. Rolling and she has a great voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> All right. I mean, okay, maybe I don't know, rolling the deep. But, but <laughs> possible. <laughs> Or it could be about depression, I don't know. That's true. No, she she's an awesome artist. I want to say Mark and us we're convinced we're going to start a band inside. Oh. I'll sing inside plays the drums. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Actually my favorite yeah, my favorite <laughs> instrument is the drums, but I don't know Perfect. how to play them. And then I'll sing. I'll learn how to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll so, teach you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how did you guys like? Okay, so you're like, I can do this. I can do this. It's coming together. But there's more than just the drums and the music and the songs that come into the bands. How do you find the name of the band, for example? Or how do you pick the name of your record? Or how do you find the branding and stuff like that? Like, how did that all? How did you guys have to figure that all that out? And marketability. Any? Yes, please teach us. <laughs> yeah. Marketability. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Speaking of marketability, I'm a marketing student. Nice. Oh, okay. That's how it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that solves everything. <laughs> uh, um, basically, my favorite part of marketing in itself is branding and, like, being able to be creative when when trying to come up with something. So, uh, for the album in specific, I, like, I know what the people want since I'm a marketer myself. And I know what works. But at the same time I want to like I don't want to make it clash with what the album really is about. So um basically we came up with some ideas on for example the um like to really really small details. For example, uh, I'm not dancing with you tonight. Okay? So the title is kind of lengthy and it's kind of you know like not the usual title, but that's marketing as well. like it's it's going to pop out like out when when someone's reading the tracklist and they see the sentence i'm not dancing with you tonight like why aren't you dancing with who tonight and that's going to make them think and they're going to want to know what this song is about so this is how the marketing thing works i'm i'm letting go of my tricks over here <laughs> don't say too much <laughs> i'm not going to reveal my music secrets revealed <laughs> right yeah basically Um, and Mark, do you uh, have anything to add? I mean, no, basically just social media, man. Just keep Kilshi out there. Every time you do something, throw it on your story, throw a post, throw a header. Just yeah, get as many people involved as possible. And you got this. 
Yeah. And you guys, have, have you found your niche? Or are you not looking for a niche or, or whatever? Right. Um, when it comes to the niche, why we did the album was purely for fun. And purely because we have a lot of time that we don't want to waste. So um, we weren't really looking for anything to... Um, like it's not... I wouldn't call it a long-term plan or something that we want to monetize like if it happens it happens but it's not like our pure goal to like out of making music it's mainly just to express and make people feel better about themselves and all of that mm -hmm. so we weren't really looking for a niche but indirectly i think we kind of found what our niche is because as you can see the album is very diverse in terms of genres like you have shattered promises it's very emotional you have the hobo it's very pop and weird and we can kind of see what the people like the most which is the more emotional depresso types <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. They, they loved they loved uh, the promises i don't know who hurt them i'm really sorry about the people who hurt you guys <laughs> but people just love shattered promises and they loved um i'm coming back for you so we kind of saw that yeah people like emotions and that's kind of what we're trying to stick to the most I can mm. add and something. That... No, we. Sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. You're the guest. <laughs> uh, so, we, we started with Shattered Promises, released it as a single. And we were like doing just, no, really for fun. And that we didn't expect um, the number of like likes and uh, listens and plays to be this high. We, it reached like more than 2K in a couple months, maybe. Yeah, we really, really didn't expect that. I have like thousand followers, but like four of them are active, and uh, you know, <laughs> we don't know where these people came from. But Shattered Promises really—it was a minor, really minor hit compared to other stuff. But we didn't expect. We, I expected like literally five hundred listens, and then uh, Yella Die song Dallas. Was. Uh, then we were like, okay, let's make it more diverse. We included the 80s hit, we um, more popish, weird song, the Hobo. And we also mixed Arabic, maybe to reach uh, the people who speak Arabic more into Arab music. So this is, was basically, this was a trial for all the genres we can do. So we can be more specific in the next album, let's say. All right, okay, so, like, so this album is basically testing the waters to see which kind of audience works for you the most. Or, or what? Yeah, what type to a of certain song extent, yeah. Because in a sense, to be honest, when I was listening to the album, I felt like, okay, it might be a bit a, di a bit of a diverse album, but the thing is, it's it's good. You know, it's like all of them together fit fit the album. I don't know how, but it just although like each one is a different kind of uh, genre so, uh, in a sense, yeah. But they were working. You know, it's like. You knew, you knew, like this is like in a sense one, one, one circle of one bubble of a, of an album, it wasn't like too all over the place. Yeah, we couldn't make it work on the music, but we made it work on the on the story. Basically, the lyrics kind of follow up each other in a sort of story. Ignas, mm -hmm. uh, go ahead, story. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, while I was writing, I think the fourth song, coming back for you. Um, I kind of realized that, okay, I'm seeing a storyline that I didn't even think of. Like, I, I, I wasn't even trying to make a storyline, but I saw the storyline. 
So uh, we kind of did the track list in, in that order, especially for the first three songs. Um, so it starts off with Shattered Promises where the girl is heartbroken and she's speaking about her ex and all of that. And then it moves on to I'm Not Dancing With You Tonight. And this is where like she gets her empowerment and she wants to move on and she goes like, I'm not dancing with you tonight. And after that, while she's not dancing with him tonight, she sees the hobo and she dances with the hobo instead. And that was kind of like these three songs in specific were um, very like synchronized, but unintentionally synchronized in terms of the lyrics and the storyline. And then coming back for you, it's not very related, but it is like at the end of the day, the happy vibes and I'm coming back and all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Music secrets revealed. Awesome. All right. <laughs> um, thank you guys, Mark and uh, Inas, for coming on the A2 oh, show. Thank you so what's, much. Uh, so what's next for you guys? You guys have another album you're working on? Yeah, and also you guys are in yes. two separate countries. So what, right. How's that <laughs> <What>? working? <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, funny thing, funny thing. We have never seen each other, like. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait. We've never seen each other like doing the music. We've never made the music together. It was always me in my house yeah. and him in his house. We never like met to, you know, write lyrics or do anything. It was always on the and phone or Zoom. And for the future, how's that gonna work? Uh, I guess it's gonna stay the same. I composed the music on my little keyboard here, and she sings it for her mic. We send everything online. Yeah. Wow. This is how the world's connected. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Then we get to have you guys on A2 the show. Awesome. Two different countries Thank in you. one. Yeah, awesome. Thank well, you then, so much. This was great. I really had a lot of fun, learned a lot about music. Aside. Thank you for hosting. What us. about you? <laughs> I'm I'm always open to the learning about anything. To be honest, that's not it's not, it's not only to, about music. It's about everything. Yes, yeah. perfect. Well, we talked about a lot of things in this episode. So thank you so much, Anas and Mark, for coming on the show. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for watching A2, the show, the most international, most diverse, educational, entertainment podcast. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else you want to shout out or say before we wrap up? Uh, um, the blue just tapes, st please. stay. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, stream the blue tapes and stay cool. tuned for for more. <laughs> Let's do it. Peace out. Let's get out of here. <laughs>